Um, so I wonder for you, like, cause I feel like you do have a sense of boundaries. I mean, you certainly set them with um, the children and, you know, I assume adults in your life, but I, I want to ask learning. you about that. You're learning. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm learning. I'm not, uh, I'm not good at it yet. Mm -hmm. I am learning every single day. Um, there, I think the difficulty with setting boundaries is that it can be uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. it, oh, yeah. it requires a sense of vulnerability that can be uncomfortable. And yeah. nobody likes, I don't think, to be uncomfortable. However, it is necessary for your brain, for your heart, for your being to set them to some degree, right? Yeah. So now, not only do I need to do it for myself, for my well-being, I have two daughters looking to me, right? Yes. Yes. Learning from me every day. Yes. So if I am not setting those boundaries, I am their direct role model, their direct mm -hmm. caregiver, both mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not practicing what I preach, they are seeing no boundaries be set. Right? Yeah. I do not want them to grow up thinking that they don't have to. Yeah. That, that people can walk all over them. For example, holidays are challenging. A lot of parents say, did you go give grandpa a kiss? You know, go hug this person. Your body is your body, right? Mm. Do I think it's an expectation to go say goodbye to your family? Absolutely. If you're leaving, it is respectful to let them know. You do not need to hug or kiss or touch anybody you don't want to. And no one needs to touch you if you don't want that. Right. Mm. And I think some people specifically older generations yeah. hear that and they're like, Oh, that's so yeah. soft. That's so yeah. whatever, you know, like snowflakes. What do people call people who embrace feelings? <laughs> Something like that. Right. <laughs> Nobody needs to touch you if you don't want that. I am Tessa Harrington and this is Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus. All right, so we continue this series that I um, have embarked on with all these young souls in my life who are uh, living life out loud. I guess that's kind of how I, I feel about everyone that I've pulled in. They've got, um, you know, they've got shit that's happened in their life and is happening um, just like all of us, but they have a story that is their life. We all do have a story that is our life. And I feel like these are people that can share a story that so many of us can identify with. And I also think they're wrapping their arms fully around it and they're opening their hearts to touch upon it in a way to sort of challenge some of it to say, what the hell, <laughs> you know, is this really Seriously. okay? And so today I have another one of those wonderful souls on Tessa Harrington, who welcome Tessa. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. We're going to have a great conversation. We always do. Tessa is someone that I met um, the, the year that I, acquired a second family the year that we started fostering and then adopting my grandchildren. And Tessa at the time was a um, counselor for their after school program. And the boys, the three boys were going to that at that point. Um, and I just have to say, and I'm going to try not to cry. Um, you can't <laughs> cry. I can't cool cry. <laughs> I know I can cry. I did last time I, I held space with her around this, but Tessa was just an angel really that came into our lives that at a time that we so desperately needed someone to show up. 
And, uh, you know, you were probably, I don't know, were you 20 or 21? I don't know how old you were. You always, you are, she's a very old soul. So I think I always (laughs) thought she was older than she was, but she just like loved my children. Um, and she just opened her heart. Love still. She still loves them, but it was just that adult, you know, that showed up at a time when, uh, we were barely keeping our heads above the water And, um, I was, I am still so incredibly grateful divide guidance or what that brought her into our life, because I felt like she was giving the kids what at some days I I just couldn't. So, um, she holds a very special place in my heart for sure. I feel like you are part of our family. Yeah. I feel that way too, actually. I have start, which I think is what makes now I'm all emotional and yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's what makes, that's one of many things that makes you guys, your whole family so special. Like you've encountered these snags and you weave around them and you just, people are drawn to you in the best way. All of you, like I couldn't work with your kids and work as in a different kind of work. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't even, yeah. I couldn't know them and not want to know them more. All of you, like Mm. they're, they're, they're just wholesome. All of you are wholesome people that are so easy to love. Like, Mm. and if you don't feel that way, (laughs) you are, you just, you still are. I, all of the kids love them. Mm. Thank you, Tessa. We love, I mean, I think you've, you've helped, you helped me open my heart to, accept that, you know, just accept that I needed other people in my life. I think if this journey has done nothing, it has done that, you know, it has helped me not only realize how resilient we all can be, um, but also to know the beautiful gifts in connection and community, which, um, you know, I, I, I think of when I think of you anyway, I feel like that's also um, important to you um, having yeah. that sense of belonging. And I feel like you, um, gave my kids that if you gave us that like that sense of belonging back into a community that of course at the time I didn't feel any of those things you're you're so generously saying about us I just felt so broken we all did you yeah. know so that is so that um, just goes to show you how empty how broken how sad you can feel but we tend to put on this whether it's because we need to or because we want to or we're embarrassed or whatever we put on this mask, we put on this hat and we walk out into life, into every single day and say, like, I'm here, you know, we show up anyway. Yeah. We might try and make it look easy. We might embrace like I'm doing lately, that things are a mess, but we still do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. it, it didn't look like things were so challenging for you guys. If, if I, if I didn't know, if you never shared it with me, I would never have known, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I do know. For, for better, for worse, you know, as right. we talk about how we put on this facade many times, but, you know, we do have to, we can't like just <laughs> walk around with tears rolling down our face. We could, but I, right. I think that would make, um, you know, that would make everyone uncomfortable and probably distant us, but we do, we put on like the best messy version of ourselves and maybe that right. doesn't seem messy to other people. And that's why this podcast exists because we can all go out there and do life and we don't know what's happening in the backdrop of everyone's life. Right. And so we all have to share. Um, we don't have to, but I, I have learned that our stories are powerful and they help us heal. And you know, and what's we- funny is when I was thinking this morning, I'm like, 
I made a bunch of notes. I'm like, these are all things that roll around in my brain all the time. I think maybe if even one person could benefit from hearing mm. a piece of my thought pattern, I would mm-hmm. be so stoked. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, awesome. Yeah. I helped somebody, even a single piece, you know, like yes. maybe one of my little mottos. Um, yeah. But I started to doubt myself this morning. I'm like, what do you have to bring to the table? Mm. Are you? And it's the just critic. so funny. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. I started to doubt myself hugely. I'm sitting there feeding a baby before her nap. And I'm like, I don't know how you're going to help. I don't know. You're nothing special. So this like self doubt started to creep in. And then I wanted to like punch doubt me in the face mm. and say, mm. come on, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, I do know funny what your mind is capable of. Yeah. Like, having these battle conversations with yourself with like little tiny versions of myself. Have you seen inside out the movie? Yes. Yes. I think that is one of the best movies ever made that children, teens, adults, like everybody would benefit from seeing that. That is so helpful in understanding how we work, how all humans work, whether you want to admit it or not, we all have these emotions. Some people are just a more in touch with them, more in tune internally, and B more willing or more comfortable sharing. Yeah. You know? Well, some people not, don't even realize they have all those emotions. Right? They put them in just uh, three buckets, mad, sad, or glad. Um, and there's so much right. more to that. And I, I have to say, I, not everyone even recognizes Tessa, the, the inner critic, like you, you, some practices in your life, something about you has given you the ability to recognize that tug of war going on in your head so that you could say what what the hell no you know like fist to the palm there you know but some people don't and that imposter syndrome is what holds so many of us back um from living the dream that we have deep down inside of us or believing that we're on the right path so I think just the fact that you could recognize that inner critic and say no (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh-uh. don't try not today not today, <laughs> today, not today. <laughs> so, so let's uh we we jumped right in as we always do I just love talking to you Tessa but let's just pause for a minute so I I met you when you were um doing an after school program you've been working in child care you've gone to school for um early childhood education right yeah I, yeah a little I, I've done a Some. little of everything I don't yeah. I don't know I, <laughs> I don't have a direct path, I guess. I don't yeah. have a, a straight line that I've been following. I never, I think I wound up majoring in liberal studies. Mm-hmm. I don't, mm-hmm. again, I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> um, but college. I mean, children have always been at the core though, of like their development, their care um, yeah. as a teacher, as a nurturer. Um, and I know you, you did that for a while. And really what, what really wanted me to pull you into this was all about who you are, but also you've become a mother in this last yeah. year. And which is um, really cool and really yeah. hard. And I think more people need to talk about both of those things, not just yeah. one or the other, but all of it. Yeah. 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 And I, I began to see even during your pregnancy, like um, you began to share some things that just were not okay. And some things yeah. also that you were experiencing just to get real with this like life altering experience. Hugely. Yeah. Hugely, you know, and to be pregnant during COVID, the mm. Corona times mm. um, was interesting 
I don't even know how to put it a different way. Like I would consider myself an anxious person, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I think it keeps me on my toes sometimes too much and it's exhausting, but I think I'm also aware of my surroundings in a way that if I wasn't so anxious, I would almost be just not so on the ball. Do you know what I mean? So it's like a blessing and a curse. It's yeah. pretty bittersweet. Um, but it's who I am. And I used to not understand it. I'd be like, Oh, I'm so anxious. I'm so anxious. That's okay. Yeah. It's good. It's all good. You know? Yeah. So when COVID came to be, um, in March, which seems like forever ago, but also yesterday, yeah, I was like, man, this is all sort of coming to a head. Like I was already anxious. I kind of, I didn't really have it under control. I guess I sort of ignored it. Um, mm-hmm. But then the world sort of, sort of rose to this anxious level altogether. Germs, who you're coming in contact with, travel, like all these things were changing and shifting. And I'm like, oh my God, what? That's the first time in my life I'd experienced something like that. Most of us, yeah. you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, and then- when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> That's not something that I, that I planned for. That's not something that I thought would happen to my body mm. at that time or anytime mm. even soon. So sudden changes for people who are so anxious can be really triggering. Yeah. And I remember like crying, not because I didn't want a baby, but just because like, this is happening right now. Mm. This is this giant thing. This giant change in my life is happening during this other giant change in my Mm. life. And it's like, it's like the world stopped for a hot minute. Yeah. And, and you know, what's so funny. And I was just talking with Sarah who we both love dearly yesterday. Mm. Yeah. Um, I almost made this like split second decision. And it's the first time in my life it's happened to try and consciously turn off my anxiety, which Mm. people might hear and be like, that's not even possible. I didn't really think so either. And maybe it's not, but maybe I tricked myself into it. Mm. I thought for a hot minute, there's a baby growing in you right now, currently. So you have a choice to make either. You are going to be a hot mess and you're going to be anxious and you are going to literally send this baby, this growing human who's got a fresh start, a clean slate. I just thought about myself sending this baby so much negative, anxious, bad energy. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's a connection right off yes, the bat. The, se- the second there's a baby in you, mm-hmm. I mean, blood, nutrients, oxygen, and energy you are sharing energy. Mm-hmm. So I would I, say with the people around you too, but yeah, it's more right. intensely when right. something's but growing when in you. That, yeah. Like, is this the energy you want to share with her? This brand new brand, brand spanking new. Human? Yeah. So throughout my pregnancy, I tried and it wound up getting easier. It's hard now, but throughout the pregnancy to consciously think myself out of being anxious. Mm. I was like, every day I was faced with decisions. Like you don't really feel great today. You could lean into that or you could lean into like, 
wow, so dope. Look what my body's doing. It was like trying to change my mindset every single day, which doesn't happen automatically, not in the beginning, at least the practice. And when I'd get really nervous, I'd look months down the road and be like, oh my God, she has to come out eventually. Holy shit. I was like, Tessa, that is inevitable. She cannot stand here forever. You can either panic every single day or you can roll with it. You can, you can cross that, cross that bridge when you get there. And And you know what? I intentionally did not make a birth plan. I didn't, I didn't, I probably should have done more research, but I didn't because I, I knew that would be triggering to me. Mm. I knew the more information I tried to gather, it would almost be too much. You can find anything on Google. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew if I, I felt like it was all or nothing. I either completely invested myself and jumped in and got anxious or I sort of stood back and just rolled with it. And I'm still That's trying so interesting, Tessa. It's, like it, it was strange. And it still is strange to look back on because even Sarah said yesterday, I was so proud of you. And that, you know, that mm. felt really good to hear mm. because I didn't think it was a big deal then. But looking back, I've never during such a strange time, I've never been so calm. And I would say I had a easy, which is subjective, pregnancy. Yeah. It was awesome. You know, I was sore. I was tired, whatever. But overall, considering what could have happened, it was awesome. And I wonder, I can't help but wonder if a lot of that came from the fact that I tried so hard every day to consciously not be a mess, not be in my own head yeah. to not focus on again, months down the road, how she's going to get out. Yeah. And I, I, I really wonder if that played a role in the general energy of the pregnancy as a whole. Well, I'm going to say with, with, I cannot, that's, that's being present. That's practicing mindfulness. That is a hundred percent. I think what first of all, made you embrace that whole experience for what it was, right? Yeah. You let go of expectations, you let go totally. of outcome. And totally. that is, I mean, that's like, you also were in a pivotal moment of choice and you choose, yeah. vi- you chose very wisely, I would say. But I also think that for you, like, so for some people to not have a birth plan, that would have caused them more anxiety. So again, we all have and to I'm find our path. And I'm usually one of those people. Yeah. 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 So you kind of played with that a little bit. You were like, what's, what makes sense for me now? Yeah. And I had exactly. And I had a strong feeling again. I didn't, (laughs) this wasn't something that I expected to happen. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. researching and prepping my body and all of this stuff that some women are doing, you know, getting ready for this giant, absolutely life changing, shifting thing that no matter how you look at it, things are going to be different. Life's going to be different. Um, so in terms of the birth plan, I was like, I could, you know, try and map out what I, what I want or what I think this thing should look like. But when I thought about it in that conscious mindful mindset, I was like, there's, there's a really good chance those are going to go out the window and that will trigger your anxiety. Mm. So bad. Mm -hmm. I knew that. So yes, not having one 
was anxiety inducing at times. But I think when I look back on it, I'm so glad I didn't because what my labor and delivery experience looked like was nothing, nothing. I wound up needing an emergency C-section. It, mm. it was nothing like I, even the, t- the little times when I was thinking about it, it's not what I thought it would look like. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like a plan. And it went, flew out the window. I would have been a mess. Yeah. I didn't want that. You know, there's no, you can write till the cows come home your little typed up plan. And if it goes according to plan for you, awesome. Like that is so cool, but there's a really good chance it won't even a small piece, you know? And I knew that that change would be too much for me. Well, that's awesome. I think that's trust a little bit there and, and, you know, just being open to like all of it, which is, would seem like it would be harder, but I I do think it sounds to me like you formed a practice through your, throughout the, nine months, nine plus months of your pregnancy um, that allowed you the right parts of your brain to be over-functioning your, your prefrontal cortex, which which was was, so cool because that had never happened before. Well, I just, I think you did a little private study here that people could benefit from, you know, and sometimes it does take something life altering. And I know the pandemic on top of it for people with anxiety, if they didn't, if they even had a little before, it's like heightened everything. But yours, like you had this thing right in your face to say, I, I need to choose and I need to choose now. Whereas right. I think a lot of people, it's just like a slow, steady buildup. And then it catches them when they're yeah. like at a point that's really hard to, I, I call that like unwinding anxiety, right? How do we yeah. unwind our anxiety? And, and, you know, there's a lot of science around this, Tessa, that you just spoke about all the things that you did that can give people an opportunity to be in a different relationship with their anxiety. Which I didn't even know was possible. You didn't even know, but you just did it. And and if I had to do it again, I don't know if I could, (laughs) but maybe, maybe I can, maybe it would just come a little bit more naturally this time or a little less difficult just because I've done it before. Yeah. And I, and yeah, it, it's a neat concept that I didn't that know. I think um, I have to say their intuition was playing a really big role here. I mean, you tapped into your inner knowing. You yeah. weren't reading books about how to do that. You just no. did it. Yeah. And you know what I think probably played a really large role in it was, like I mentioned, any energy I'm feeling right now, any anxiety, any chemicals that are being released or hormones in my body are reaching my baby. Mm-hmm. Therefore, do I want to set her up for success mm-hmm. or set her up for failure in terms of how anxious she might be? And I don't know all the science, all the inner workings of stuff yeah. like that, all yeah. the technical terms, but I do know that energy transfers from me to yeah. you, you to me, to yeah. our kids and to the baby that is attached to me physically in my body right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I've carried that mindset to right now I'm breastfeeding it is challenging mm. it is hard mm. but I'm st- breastfeeding carrying her throughout the day making eye contact with each other her hearing my tone babies watch everything they feel mm-hmm. everything they're little sponges mm-hmm. right so yeah. If I'm anxious, she is going to pick up on it when she was in my body and now that she's out. Mm-hmm. So 
every day, like if I'm starting to feel like a hot mess, I'm like, listen, pull yourself in. There's a little baby counting on you right now. And even if she doesn't know that shit has hit the fan and this is a really challenging time for you, it's, it's like you, how you felt probably a fraction of it when shit was hitting the fan in your family and like we mentioned, putting on that mask. And even if that mask isn't, you know, that was a really large event for you guys, series of events for your family. Something happened on Christmas Eve. That was a, a very large event for me. I'll try not to get emotional because <laughs> I don't okay. want to share a lot of details about it yet. But um, she needed me in the night and I was a disaster. Mm. She woke up at midnight and needed me. And I was such a hot mess before I even touched the doorknob to walk into her room. I had to put on one of those little hats, one of those little masks and say, she is going to pick up on this immediately. Mm-hmm. She didn't do anything wrong. She doesn't deserve any of that negative negativity mm-hmm. transfer. Pull yourself together. And just that quick little self-talk. Yeah. This huge event was was happening. And I was able to yeah. walk in there, feed her, and set her right back down. I watched on the monitor as she fell asleep in like a minute and a half when I walked out. Yeah. So I knew that it worked, you know, yeah. that that I am. I, we frequently feel out of control at me, at least like we're, we, we're not in control of what's happening in our life. You know, yeah. anxiety yeah. makes us feel like that tornado, but we are more than we think. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I do know what you're saying. So, and yeah, that's well, so that, thank you. I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there that can relate and can, um, you know, just be, I don't know, be moved by your intentionality. And I I will say I do study a lot around uh, trauma. And recently was listening to a podcast uh, where a woman was talking to someone that specializes in addiction and trauma. And she said, I don't understand, like my brother and I had the same upbringing. Why Why did he become an addict? And I didn't, you know, we didn't have any trauma, we didn't have any childhood stuff. And he's like, you didn't. And then by the end of the interview, (laughs) she was like, oh my God, we're fucked up and I'm fucking up my children. And it's just that what you're speaking to is like, he said, it's about maybe what the parent was going through the moment that child was born. Like, even though it wasn't like anything you guys saw, right? Your brother might have felt some other things going on in their life in your, around your life that you might not have at that, at different, you know, developmental points. And I, and so I do think what you're practicing is incredibly powerful. Um, Sometimes we do have to shield our children. Like we're human. We do the best we can. But when I, I guess earlier we were talking about like how we show up and people are like, Oh, I never would have known. Well, that's necessary to a certain degree. It is for our own well being. We have to compartmentalize a little bit or we'd be a hot mess all the time. And for our kids to have faith and, you know, see that, okay, struggles going on, but, and I know she was upset because of something that happened, but, oh, she's still walking through it. We're still laughing. We're still doing these other yeah, that's things. Strength. That's right. Strength. And hard, that- hard is subjective. I feel like what's hard mm-hmm. for me might not necessarily have been hard for you mm-hmm. in terms of raising kids, having a job, whatever, but it's subjective. So, so it's not 
it's like a journey. It's not, it's a, a journey. You know? Yeah. And, and I think we and, have to honor each person's choices around that. Right. And not say that once like being your home all the time right now, that's super hard. I'm sure. Um, I, you know, I did a little bit of both working part-time being home part-time with my first round of kids. I worked full-time with these kids at a necessity, but also I didn't want to be, I and be honest. I didn't want to be home full-time. I wasn't in a place in my life to want to do that. Um, and you know, it's, it's damn hard. I'm, as I'm it's, sure you can speak to it's also different than I thought it would be for sure. Mm -hmm. Good, but hard. I mean, you wouldn't want to be anywhere yes. else. Yeah. It's bittersweet. I, the level of appreciation, the amount of appreciation I have for this time with my baby is I cannot even articulate it. Like I cannot put it into words that will make sense. Mm. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And even I shared this post on Instagram one time about how every day I'm learning every single day, I'm learning to find joy and appreciation in the really early mornings in the hot mess afternoons, you know, yeah. in the really late nights right now, she's teething. It's hard. I cannot even scoot an inch away without her whining for me back, grabbing my pants, pulling yeah. on my shirt, grabbing my hair. I never have my body to myself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm like, I need a minute. And then after the minute's done, I'm ready to get back into it. Yeah. You know? So people, I think there's this maybe stigma around being a stay at home mom, how nice it must be and relaxing. It's not relaxing. It's not. And it's not <laughs> something that you will understand from someone explaining it to you until you have been a stay at home parent or caregiver, you will not understand it. And mm. I, I confidently say that Yeah, there's no level of explaining because I try and explain it to my partner, for instance. And I do not think he gets it. I don't mm -hmm. think a lot of partners, a lot of parents, parents of parents, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of friends, I don't think they understand. And I don't need other people to understand. I did in the beginning and I felt yeah. like I needed to explain it and justify what I'm doing and why I'm home. I don't, mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing is important. I am helping raise a piece, a fraction of this future generation mm -hmm. to the best of my ability. I am giving it everything I have. Yes. So it is hard. <laughs> for a completely different reason than an outsider might think right. it's not relaxing. I do not feel, <laughs> I do not, I do not sit on my couch. The TV is never on. I miss watching Rachel Ray at nine o'clock. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not yeah. Because my priorities have shifted, you know? Yeah, I do. So, know. And you're very, I mean, you are very intentional and I would say, like, I think about Tessa, um, I think about you with even my kids, like, and even you have a, stepdaughter for yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, that lives with you. Who's nine. She is nine. Yeah. Nine and going on 19. Oh. Right. 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 <laughs> and so like, I just think about you all you're in, whether it's, you know, as that cool, older, uh, young adult in my kid's life or as a mother figure or as a mother, like you're, you are just so about raising, um, good human beings. Like you, I'm I mean, tech, you, you just definitely instill some very basic, um, maybe some people would put like, I just don't things that I don't think people emphasize enough today around manners, around I, like being present around communication I, around how you show up. And 
um, and setting really clear boundaries and also having them own their shit at the same time. That's, that's the piece. That is a huge piece. I have learned so much in my time working with kids, whether it be here in my home with my own children, with your children in your home at schools, different programs. I have learned so much. I think I'm a firm believer that working with kids should be a prereq for having your own, right? It's almost yeah. like if you're a couple, if you're anyone and you want to have a kid, I highly suggest getting a dog first. Yeah. <laughs> Learning yeah. These steps to get you there instead of jumping right in and you're like, oh my God, what do I do? I have yeah. learned so much from almost practicing parenting, learning caregiving with your family, with so many families mm-hmm. that I've worked with. Right. And well, I'm and you so fostered thankful. those dogs. You fostered right? dogs too. Yeah. I, I mean, you're, you're definitely a nurturer at heart and not I everyone, so. not everyone is. And I don't know that you necessarily have to be, to be a parent, but I do think that, um, yeah, there is some, and I, I think less people are having children because I think more people are realizing it's hard for them to show up in that way. And, and maybe and also okay. it's just, yeah. And that's okay. And it's also yeah. like, I probably would be a little hesitant right now myself who was like, I couldn't wait to have children. I, I mean, one of the things that I just look at you and I feel a mirror in myself is I was a mom at 22 because I wanted to be a mom at 22. Like right. I couldn't wait to have my family. And-, and we've talked about this before. I remember yeah. sitting with you by your pool. It was a gorgeous sunny day. Kids were swimming, jumping in James and Owen and Isaiah doing crazy flippies, <laughs> yes. making us nervous. But we sat there and talked and I was crying to you. And I said, things aren't going how I thought they were. Mm. I just want to be a mom. And I feel like that's not enough. I feel like that's not a big enough Mm. goal. I feel like people look at that. And again, that's me looking for that external validation, which isn't needed, Yeah, but it's like a drug for our brain. I thought that wasn't big enough. I'm not dreaming big enough. I didn't want Mm -hmm. to go to nursing school. I didn't want to go to grad school and be a lawyer, get all these, you know, all this stuff, have a bunch of money. Would that be awesome? Of course it was, but I was stoked to be a mom. I was so excited. That has always been, I mean, and maybe a piece of that was shown when I was fostering those dogs, I was caring for them. I loved the dogs that would try and bite me. I'm like, (laughs) you have such a sad heart. (laughs) You're snapping at me. I got you. Trust me on this one. I'm going to take care of you. And I love that. My therapist asked me, weeks ago, how do you think you show love and care for other people? And without even thinking, I'm like, I feed them. I I make them dinner. I just want to make sure they're taken care of. That's how I show love. Mm. Now that I've thought about it, I didn't know back in the day, but I just want people to feel welcome. I want them to feel because who doesn't love that? Right. I know. I know. Who doesn't want to feel home like they belong? That's why I remember one day when I was living in the woolen mill, I had all the kids come over and I think you just needed a hot minute. You're like, please. We just drove around for a little while. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And you need it. You needed it. You need that. And you deserved it. And I had the kids and we went swimming and we played volleyball in my apartment. Right. And we ran around the whole building with goldfish in our pockets. Like I felt. (laughs) so whole you were doing me a favor just like you thought I was doing you a favor Mm. we were 
there for each yeah. other. I don't think you knew I needed that, but that felt no. so good. Yeah. I just love them. I just love you guys. People need to feel like they belong somewhere. Well, I mean, there's huge studies on this. Uh, again, you're, you're just living and embodying, um, the human journey as we all are, but you're, I think what you focus on as importance is also very true. Um, this sense of belonging is fundamental to uh, us feeling worth worthy. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's one thing that I, that is so, so apparent in everyone's life that you touch is that you give people a sense of belonging. I mean, that's just, who you are, which at the same time, I have to ask you this thing about, um, because I, I did have a similar, like I all encased being a mother and I would have been home all the time if we could have afforded for me not to work. I worked as little as I could. I really loved being home and it was hard, but I loved it. Um, and I gave my heart and my soul to it. And when I came up for air around 40 ish, I was like, Oh my God, what do I like to do? Who am I? You know, I did go through that. And so I ask you like, cause nobody, the word boundaries did not exist then. Yeah. You know, it was just, you, you gave it, you gave it all. And that's what you were supposed to do as a mother. Um, so I wonder for you, like, cause I feel like you do have a sense of boundaries. I mean, you certainly set them with um, the children and, you know, I assume adults in your life, but I, I want to ask learning. you about that. You're learning. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm learning. I'm not, uh, I'm not good at it yet. Mm-hmm. I am learning every single day. Um, there, I think the difficulty with setting boundaries is that it can be uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. It, oh, yeah. it requires a sense of vulnerability that can be uncomfortable. And yeah. nobody likes, I don't think, to be uncomfortable. However, it is necessary for your brain, for your heart, for your being to set them to some degree, right? So now not only do I need to do it for myself, for my well-being, I have two daughters looking to me, right? Yes. Yes. Learning from me every day. So if I am not setting those boundaries, I am their direct role model, their direct Mm -hmm. caregiver, both Mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not practicing what I preach, they are seeing no boundaries be set, right? Yeah. I do not want them to grow up thinking that they don't have to, Yeah. That, that people can walk all over them. For example, holidays are challenging. A lot of parents say, did you go give grandpa a kiss? You know, go hug this person. Your body is your body, right? Mm. Do I think it's an expectation to go say goodbye to your family? Absolutely. If you're leaving, it is respectful to let them know you do not need to hug or kiss or touch anybody you don't want to. And no one needs to touch you if you don't want that. Right. Mm. And I think some people specifically older generations hear that and they're like, "Ugh, that's so soft. So whatever, you know? like snowflakes. What do people call people who embrace feelings? <laughs> Something like that, right? God knows there's nobody, probably lots of things. Nobody needs to touch you if you don't want that. Yeah. Right. Yes. I think I, that's important. So that I go is... places with the girls and, you know, they'll be like, someone will come in for a hug and sometimes it's uncomfortable, but mm. I'll say, Samara, do you want a hug? 
Do you, or do you want to hug that person? Mm. It's not a given. You do Mm. not have to because they want to, or because Mm -hmm. I want you to. Mm -hmm. So I need to consciously, even though it can be uncomfortable, iterate that. I need to say those things. So she grows up knowing I have control over my body. Yes. Right. I love that. Touching is human nature. However, I have control over it. You have control over who touches mm-hmm. you or you should. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Oh, kids, yeah. Kids I... are no different. Kids are no different. They shouldn't be treated any differently in that respect. Yeah. I, thank you. It's That's like a paradigm. Yeah. Right, right. People want to hold her frequently. And if she, it makes family members not so happy, I think, especially around the holidays when I was seeing people. If she doesn't want to be held, if she cries for me back, I will be taking her back. Mm -hmm. It's nothing against anyone else. Mm -hmm. But if she at that young, at almost eight months old is saying, I would like you to hold me. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. If someone tries to take her and she turns back towards me, I will tell them not right now. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And that should not be looked at as bitchy. Right. I made a post on Facebook because that's, until now, the only platform I feel like I have to sort of just share some thoughts with people, just something food for thought, something to think about. I said, PSA, you know, the holidays are coming up. You will be seeing family members. There's a lot of babies here now. (laughs) COVID did something or something in the water. Yeah, right. There's a lot of babies. Mothers are not under any obligation to let you hold their baby, right? Yeah. It's not a joint that we're passing around. This is my baby who I'm raising. Okay. If I'm not comfortable letting someone hold her, that's okay. That needs to Mm -hmm. be respected. If -hmm. she does not want someone to hold her, that also needs to be respected. And if that makes somebody uncomfortable, if they are not willing to respect that boundary, that's on them. That is Mm -hmm. their discomfort Mm -hmm. to sit with, not mine. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what you do when you set a boundary makes you feel uncomfortable even, it also gives them permission to do the same thing, right? It gives right. your kids permission to do the same thing. And that is, a, I, I can't think of a better gift to be giving our children than to be sharing that also, that process to say, you know, not only to, to demonstrate it, but also as they get older, I do this a lot with the kids in my house, is to say like that, I know that's uncomfortable, Right. It makes me really uncomfortable. It's is really hard for me to do, but I need to do it because it's, it's about necessary. standing in my truth and authenticity and, and right. you know, having that self-compassion and self-care for ourselves first, because I, right. I do have a, I, I have a whole little wrapped up ball of anger, resentment, and rage, you know, and I've had to pull that apart and understand that was just me not setting my boundaries, you know, I can't blame everyone else for the discomfort and resentment. When we have resentment, we really need to look at it and understand why it's there. And when that comes flaring up for me, when I say, Oh, sure, I'll do, you know, I'll overextend myself and do this. um, That's my signal to say, why, why are you doing that? You know, and and when you're a highly functioning person, which I tend to over function, I think, well, it's just easier, like, it's just easier for me to do it than to put the burden on them. And, you know, I think as women as mothers, like we do that, I mean, part of it's part of being a parent. But then we have to figure out at what point that's not ours to own anymore. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That and that's just a, a journey. 
to learn and experiment in a lived experience, you know? Right. A lot of it yeah. is just you, you learn as you go. Wisdom. Yeah. So you also shared, um, you know, even during your pregnancy, I remember you talking a little bit as your body was changing and, oh, you know, boy. people. Yeah. Oh, you know, boy. I, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to share a little bit? I of- would love to. I would love to. I spent what feels like forever, my entire life. I will try not to get emotional because I want to articulate this clearly. My body, my physical appearance, has been in the forefront of my mind forever. Mm-hmm. I remember, I also shared this on Instagram or Facebook or something, cause I hoped maybe even one person could relate. Mm-hmm. I remember being seven years old, right? And there was this boy in my class, we were walking back from lunch and he called me fat. And I was like, huh? He called, he said it a few times in the hallway. He actually called me a fat lard. I remember who it was. I remember exactly where I was Mm. in the hallway. Like it was that big of a moment. I didn't know at the time, but ever since then, it probably happened before then. And it didn't, it just didn't hit me like that did. Right. For the next 19 years, I would obsess over what I look like. Mm. I still do at times. Mm-hmm. obsess, not like, Oh, you know what? That shirt doesn't look so good. Or I was unhealthy. I did unhealthy things to mm-hmm. try and look a certain way mm-hmm. to appease other people. Probably mm-hmm. a lot of people who didn't even give a shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. tried to look like I wanted to be thinner so boys would like me. I wanted mm-hmm. to be thinner so I could fit in with girls who were thinner. I wanted to be thinner so clothes would fit me differently. Mm-hmm. Everything I wanted to be thinner for mm-hmm. had nothing to do with me or what I wanted or what mm-hmm. my body actually looked like to me. Mm-hmm. So it's wild to look back and think about all of the wasted brain space mm. spent on obsessing over my body image. I remember depriving myself of food, of proper nutrients. It got to the point where I was so obsessive. I tried fasting. Yeah. Um, I was so obsessive over like caloric intake that you weren't supposed to take any, no sugar, no cream in your coffee, nothing like simple little joys like that. What else do I have to look forward to someday? You know, but we were in my coffee. Damn. Yeah. I remember one day I was brushing my teeth and I swallowed a little bit of toothpaste and I was worried that that oh. little bit of toothpaste would set off, would ruin that fast for the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Come on. I Sometimes know. like now I have little flashbacks when I'm brushing my teeth and a little bit of toothpaste slips down. I'm like, wow. Remember that time you were a oh. silly goose, yeah. you know? I I don't think I'm completely healed. I think there are pieces of me that still think too much about body image, Mm -hmm. but it was so bad. It was so hard up until I got pregnant, which is when that like conscious switch happened of my mindset. I don't know exactly what I can attribute it to, but it happened your body never changes. I don't think more than when you are pregnant. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I went from 
fasting, not eating for 20 hours out of 24 to eating three meals a day. Because my mom told me one day, someone else is relying on you. Mm. Right? Mm. Now I'm not just living for me. Everything I'm doing directly affects this little person. So I needed to pull my shit together is what needed to happen. (laughs) I know, but it's, I mean, you've just shared something. Let me just pause and exhale and just say, You've spoken for, yeah, you've spoken for so many of us all, you know, that have just disassociated with our bodies in um, a way just to please the external world, you know, and we've all, it's so sad. And even what you're just saying, Tessa, I mean, it's beautiful what, you know, raising a human being in your body has brought to your healing and awareness, but at the same time, it's so sad that we can't do it for ourselves. Right. You know, what are, what is, I mean, I know a lot of my influence was magazines, was all the things you said, you know, yes. and doing all the things you said. Um, and maybe even, you know, whatever, without getting into the details of how much we deprive ourselves. It's so right. interesting, Tessa, because when I think of you, love food. Love it. Oh my love God. Food. Now I and own it. I, yeah. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't know this struggle of yours. I know you always looked beautiful. Um, I, I just, um, I think of like how much you would, you would get excited about a really good meal. And isn't that so oh, sad yeah. that we have to deprive ourselves the other 99.9% of the time. Right. And also the, the messaging, like in our head and like, you know how you said when you became pregnant, you made a choice every day. Every it's day. like, it's almost like in order to break this spell that's on us young women, and I have to believe men too, but you know, I only know our journeys and it's almost like we have to instill somehow in our children at a young age, despite all these external influences to have this conversation, this loving conversation with themselves. I I mean, I, I don't, I mean, it's something that never happened in my household. I mean, I saw I saw my, the adults in my life struggle with their weight. And maybe that was, you know, I figured we all have to struggle to be thin. Right. Right. Um, But I mean, I just, this, this is a subject that I'm realizing because it's come up with um, the other young people that I've interviewed and some of the people of my generation, even it's come up a little bit about this, uh, you know, how we have to just spend so much of our adult life peeling back the layers finding comfort of finding our way back into our bodies again. And why did I ever like leave to begin with? Right. Why do we do that? Why, why was my goal? Why was my ideal a body that doesn't look anything like me? I know. Well, we know, I mean, we do know why. I mean, it's like, you know, we're fed a lot of social images. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Why? And but why I, weren't we busting through? Why? I mean, thank God now we're beginning to say, no, this is not okay. Right. But it's yeah. still really hard to put into practice. Every day I'm trying every single yeah. day. Now yeah. I'm conscious of it. Now I eat when I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. And if I want a glass of wine after the baby's asleep, I'm going to do it. Right. If I want to eat Ben and Jerry's, I'm going to do it. 
and and I'm healing. I am not healed. There is no, mm-hmm. I don't think on a journey like this, there is any end result, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think you get to a point and you're like, ah, I'm done. Yeah. It's a process. There's no yeah. final destination. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, when I got pregnant, changes started happening, happening real quick, mm. really fast. I started showing very early, right? And I spent so long like sucking in my stomach trying to look mm. flat. Why do you have to look flat? There's I organs know. in there. Right? I know. Put fat on it to keep you warm. Look mm-hmm. at the state we live in. I'm gonna freeze. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was there's this sort of phase, right? There's this time when you don't look pregnant, but you look different. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say fat. I don't want to say bigger. You just look different than you mm-hmm. did before because you are different, mm-hmm. right? Your body's mm-hmm. changing to accommodate a human being inside <laughs> of your body. Of course, yeah. organs are going to move. Of course, you're going to look different. So when I looked at myself in the mirror, some days I'd think, oh my God. And then I would sew again try and reel it in and say, of course, look at yourself. How dope, dude. You're growing this baby. Of course, you're going to change. Of course, your boobs are going to get bigger and they're going to hurt. And you know, my face actually swelled a lot. I had a really healthy, beautiful, relatively easy, that funny term, pregnancy, but my body changed a lot. And I remember looking in the mirror one day and thinking, oh my God, I made it through. Like I made it through mm-hmm. no stretch marks as if getting yeah. to the end of the pregnancy without any physical evidence on my body that it happened was a feat. Like, mm-hmm. like that was important. Mm-hmm. And, and I sort of sat with that for a while and I'm like, why did, why did I just think that so quick? Yeah. Why was that the first thing that just came to my mind? Why would a mm-hmm. stretch mark or a hundred of them be a bad thing? Mm-hmm. You know, I love, I just love the questioning. I, I, I guess love... I tried, but what I tried to do is, is question my thinking yeah. because I hadn't before. I thought being skinny is what you want. Do whatever you need to do to get there. Why? Have the baby so and look the anymore? next, like when you leave the hospital, like, oh my gosh, you had a baby. It doesn't even look like you had a baby. Like, well, it's why, why would that not be our badge of honor to look like we just had a baby? <laughs> Right. Right? And and that's exactly it right there. That's, that's the exact mindset that I tried to stick with. I have not lost a single pound of weight since the day I had my baby. I walked, I might've gained it. I don't know. I put the scale away. I haven't weighed my body. I don't give a shit anymore. Right. Mm. Or I'm trying. It's still a process. I'm not there. I'm trying. There's other things that need me to give a shit, not Mm -hmm. my body, not my BMI, the most archaic health system Mm -hmm. in the world. Stupidest Mm -hmm. thing. I haven't lost any weight, Mary. I am her mom. Mm -hmm. I am me. Mm -hmm. This is just who I am. I eat meals. Like I said, I eat with both my kids. Now I want them to watch me eat. Mm -hmm. I am feeding my body what it needs to keep going. And I want them to look at me and say, that's healthy right there. Mm. I don't want to starve myself to look differently for other people just so my girls can watch it and do the same thing. That doesn't make any sense. So I wish, like you said, I could do these things for me. Maybe this is the kick in the ass I needed 
to pull yeah. myself together. Yeah. And now I'm doing it for these girls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And benefiting in the process. And, and you know, just as you, right. Cause you are creating a new mindset. It's like you right. said, underneath it are, are some of those conditionings, some of that, you know, the behaviors that are deeply inbred in us. And like you said, it's, it's a lifelong journey, just like recovery from anything. Cause it is recovery. Anything. It's recovery from a way of thinking we need to be, um, yeah. that, uh, we need to shatter, you know, and that's right. part of why these conversations are so incredibly important. So if you're listening and you haven't even thought about this, which if you're a woman, I know you have, <laughs> I can say that at without least, a at hesitation, least <laughs> at least once, yes. you know, and um, because that sense of part of it go, let's go back to that sense of belonging. It's so important to us to belong, which belonging and fitting in two different things, right? And yes. I think it's more about fitting in. Like if I can look a certain way, I can which be in this fake. group and have a sense of belonging, which is not which isn't right. authentic. It isn't authentic. No, because I, in, yeah, exactly. And we do, we need to find our tribe and we need to find, but, but I also feel like Tessa, it all starts with ourselves. Right. And, yep. and I feel, I do feel like whatever comes into our path is an opportunity. And I feel like Yes, you didn't plan this pregnancy yet, but it was something you desired deeply in right. your heart. And look at what's happening for you. You know, yeah. is it is it this clean, clear, bright path? No, because that's not life. Like no, I, I'd also want to acknowledge that Tessa's sitting in her bathroom yeah. for this interview because that's what you do as a mom. You go in the right. bathroom and you shut the door. And you call <laughs> your parents and you say, please come over, take the baby monitor, take my other kid outside to go snowboarding when she wakes up. Let me have an hour, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm trying. I'm learning. Because this, this is how you just make it happen, you know? And yes. that's, you I think we all need to. Conscious. Yes. And it doesn't have to look a certain way no. as long as you're doing what's important to you. Yes. And if you haven't taken the time to figure that out, which changes all the time, part of my, my work this week, as I go into this new year is what is even important to me now? Cause it might be different than it was three, six, five years ago or right. three months ago. Right. So that's a constant and we have the, you know, it's our privilege to change our mind. Right. Yeah. And it can happen so fast. Like I said, yeah. Christmas Eve was turbulent for this family. Mm. What was important to me the week last week has changed. I had to reflect yeah. and say, all right, <laughs> put on your big girl hat. What is important to you right yeah. now? My kids are important to me right now. My mental health is important to me right now. And looping back to body image and yeah. little me, I wish I could go back and hug, mm. ask first but hug seven-year-old mm. me and yeah. say, you are going to be so powerful. You are going to be loved by so many people, whether you know it or not, you're going to make mm. people laugh. You're going to eat eventually and love it. Right. Mm. You're going to get there and you're going to, once you get there, you're still going to be learning. Right. So don't let this, don't let a little boy who saw something funny on the TV and said it to you, affect you this deeply for the rest mm. of your life. Let it go. Let's roll with it. Right. We've got yeah. this. Take yeah. up as much space as you need and want for the rest of your life. Mm. You will have so much more brain space and you got this. You can do this. You know? 
Mic I wish drop. I could go back and hug her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, man. you know, I think um, it's a powerful visual healing to do that, you know, yeah. and I think um, I, I mentioned this because I, I just interviewed Heather who talked about her struggles, uh, Heather Bedell, my niece, her struggles with anorexia in high school and that, that she herself would go back to that younger version of herself and just to remember, to remember joy to remember what it felt like to have that, you know, that like little light being that we came into the world as with all the curiosity and yeah. And, you know, and it is healing to go back and remember, and it's also healing to go back and do what you said, you know, to, to say, I'm sorry. And to, to say, you know, I'll, you know, even when you just said, I'll 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 try try harder. Yeah. I'm learning. And I'm sorry if I failed you little me back then we still got time though, you know, we can do Right. I mean, that's the beautiful thing, Tessa, is that like you have done, like uh, everything you've shared is like droppable here today. And I just can't (laughs) thank you enough. Um, And it's such, and it's learned, it's wisdom. It's, um, it's, it's right from your heart. It just spills out and it's just beautiful. You can't, you can't make this up. I know you didn't like prepare and write this out. This is just you. And I think the the gift in the message is every moment, as you said, every morning is an opportunity to start again and to take right. all that you've learned. And, and now, now you're pivoting and you're instilling that in the generations to come. And may we all empower ourselves, each other and our children in our lives, you know, right. to, you know, we can't give them wisdom, but we can give them tools we didn't have to have tools. the conversation tool for a toolbox. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, and you gain new tools every day, right? Every you, day. You can probably find a tool every single day. And, and the toolbox is infinite. Yeah. It will never fill up. You can constantly yeah. be adding. I'm constantly growing. So the yeah. mindset of like, I am me and I'm, you know, no one's going to change me. I shouldn't have to change for you. We should always be changing. We mm-hmm. should always be evolving. We should always be growing for ourselves, for our partners, for our kids. It's not a bad thing. Change is yeah. not bad. It might feel hard and uncomfortable, but it's important. It's imperative, right? It's well, it's, it's going to happen. It's whether you decide to resist it or to find some way to flow with it. Um, right. I mean, I think fighting it, I mean, look at what's happening. I mean, we're all being asked to change right now. We're all being asked to get clear on what we strongly believe in. Um, you know, we, we are being invited to really understand what our truth is um, right. because we've been asked to slow down. And, yeah. and we've also seen our ability, our real struggle in doing that. Yeah, that can be and hard. Feeling those feelings. And, you know, and you and I talked about it like, I, ha- I mostly have women on, I- I've had a few men and I'll continue to have men that I feel like align with the podcast and are doing some work around, you know, expanding and awakening to this life. But as we, as women, I feel like continue to rise up and really get in the gritty and feel the discomfort and not just see it, but touch it, put our hearts up against it, which is so hard. But yeah. I think we're building a community of that's doing that. So we're getting braver. And yeah. I just, I long for men that's a good way to, to put it. getting braver. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it takes courage, it takes incredible courage and warriorship yeah. to do that. Um, and I just, 
I'd love to see men, you know, it's their work to do, but, um, and I, and I'm trying with the three little boys and they're not little anymore, but boys in my house to in sort of, heart, they're still little. <laughs> I know, um, to sort of instill some characteristics that they, they need to step up. Yeah. They need to step up because some things just won't be tolerated. Um, you know, roles are changing anyway, and they are being asked to change. I mean, it is, I, I don't begin to know how men are going to find their way forward. I just know that there's like, uh, it, it needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the I don't struggle know where that happens. I don't know where the, the click, I don't know where it happens. I don't know where it happened for me. I used to be so stubborn. I used to be so ignorant and arrogant. I mean, I can be stubborn still, don't get me wrong, but like when I think about my partner, I'm like, man, he's stubborn, man. I see a lot of me in him or, or pieces of me from the past. Right. Mm -hmm. No Mm -hmm. one's going to change me. I am who I am. I don't feel that way anymore. Mm -hmm. There are pieces of me that, yeah, I hope they never change. I hope Mm -hmm. they stick with me. There are other pieces that I know need changing. I now can own those need to change. Right. I don't know why when I look at us side by side, well, we do, but rhetorically speaking, why I can do these things. And it, I'm like, why won't he, right? Relationships yeah. are so hard. Why won't, he do, why won't he do this for me? Why won't he do it for the kids? I don't know. I don't have mm-hmm. an answer. I, I don't know. I don't either. I, I think- and, I'll, and I'll drive myself crazy trying to find one. Well, I think that's where I've come Tessa to, um, Again, just as with our children, it's same with our partners or other people in our life. We can only live the truest version of ourselves. Um, right. We can give information, we can give opportunity, and then people, you know, it's all our individual journeys. And so there is like a level of acceptance of that. It's mm-hmm. like, just like with my daughter, it's her journey to find her way to recovery. Um, same with you know, my partner, it's his journey to decide how to find, you know, how to move forward as we move through life and how to embrace it has to. And I think I I don't really know. No, it doesn't work. If you try to do it for someone else or you even wind up doing it, it's not going to stick, right? It's not going to last because that's not authentic. That's not wholesome. It didn't come from them. They have to like, what is that? Like the only way out is in. And I I just think it's hard. I think it's harder for men to communicate their feelings, uh, to allow themselves to feel it. And I think it's a different set of emotions. I think it's, you know, I think for Bob, part of his struggle is that he thinks deep down that he should have been able to prevent all the hurt in our family. And and I can't. Which is very manly, right? That's a very man mindset. Yeah. And, And I can't, I can only like share ideas around letting go and, and, and let him say and say to him, this is nothing like, this is nothing you could have prevented. Like, you know, you showed up fully the best you could. And so other than that, you know, that is everyone's healing journey is their healing journey. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I I just try to say to him, as I've learned, we need help. You can't do this alone. Get it. Yes. In fact, it's necessary as you know, Heather was on here and she's like, everyone deserves their own therapist. Like it's a gift everyone should have, but I don't think the male mindset has gotten there. It's just like, 
only if something needs to be fixed. And it's like, I don't know, I'm generalizing. I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone that's listening. But I just it's a it's a very hard shell to crack, I feel like for a lot of men, unless their life truly falls apart. And a lot of women too. like, let's all just say, um, you find, you know, just, yeah, it's taken me, it took me a while to, to reach out and not think I had to be broken in order to get help. I just do it as a way to maintain wellness at this point. Right. And if big issues right. come up, we talk about big issues, but more than anything, it's just like somebody holding space day. for you. Yeah. The everyday, almost mundane, <laughs> retraining yeah. your, your thought process. Yeah. I, I yeah. Or just, I think, you know, it gives you an opportunity to have a conversation with yourself and for someone to mirror that back so that you can, you know, lean into what needs to be leaned into or, you know, right. let that shit go if that's what's called for. Let that shit go. I saw a piece of, of home decor for your bathroom the other day that was toilet paper blowing in the wind and it said, let that shit go. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I felt that. <laughs> Man, I felt uh... that. Well, so Tessa, we've shared so much. It's been such an incredible conversation. Is there anything else that you wanted to share before we um, wind down? We're like an hour and a half in now. We could talk for hours. There are a couple pieces. Okay. I think something that helped in my journey of self-love, which is not loving yourself and every piece of you every single minute, right? It's just self-love is showing up. Self-love is appreciating what you have been doing, what you can do, right? It's just acknowledging. So it's not, I'm in love with me. I love every piece of me. I don't love every piece of me. Not yet, not right now. Mm -hmm. But I would consider this self-love journey I'm on successful because I acknowledge myself. So I made simple switches in my language. I looked in the mirror and I said, oh my God, I hate my belly. I changed it to, I have a belly. Not I hate my, I have a belly. I hate my arms. They're so big. I have arms. I have big arms, strong. I carry my baby. I carry myself. I do things for us. This belly that is squishier than before and softer than I remember is because of her. So I look at my body in the mirror now and I think, how could I hate that? My baby gave this to me, Mm. right? Yeah, And I hope that other moms, if they have had a baby and they're not stoked with what they look like now, which is okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But I hope that you can look in the mirror and say to yourself, my baby gave this to me. Mm. If you have four kids, my babies, my children, my love, my light, they gave this to me, Mm. right? And if you still want to change pieces of yourself, of course, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that right? But self-love is appreciating yourself in every stage, Mm. in every season. Mm. Okay. Because all of it is me. All of this, everything is me. Mm. Whether I'm 200 pounds or 140, I'm almost five, eight. I never should have been 140 pounds, Mm. you know? Yeah. All of this is me. Mm -hmm. I am me. So I've made very simple switches in my language that helped immensely. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, I did that. want to share that because when I yeah. saw that one day, that stuck with me, that hit me. Mm-hmm. Language I, is I incredibly powerful. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much for yeah. sharing that. And I'm sure sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the truth? <laughs> but 
But you got to start the conversation at least. Right. But that is a piece of retraining your brain, right? Faking it until you make it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to keep saying this, whether I believe it or not, because I'm training myself. I'm yeah. getting there. I'm working on it. Yeah. Right. I'm showing up. That's what self-love is showing up. Mm-hmm. 100%. And that is something I want people to learn with me, learn alongside mm-hmm. me. So eventually we get to this place where we're like, oh, yeah. I get it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a journey. It's not a destination. It's not all mm-hmm. or nothing, right? This self-love, this self-appreciation. It's just showing up. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's and that's all. enough. Some days that's enough. Most days that's enough. Right. It's all we can do, really. But that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, yeah. I all these thoughts roll around, you know, for days I've been writing stuff down. Like, don't forget that. You think that every day. Don't yeah. forget that. That's yeah. a good one for you. Yeah. And, and all these thoughts roll around and I'm, I'm stoked that I can be here. I don't think I'm some magic woman, you know, I don't think I'm some goddess, but I think that there are pieces that I've learned along my journey that are necessary to share because other people might benefit from them too. Right? Yes. Well, and yeah, right. and that takes courage and vulnerability and, and you are a goddess. We all are goddesses. And that's, I think, a language we need to get used to a little bit. And we've made it like all the way to this point in the interview. And it looks like the baby's coming in to get some loving from mama. Yeah. Yeah. She's so beautiful. Here she is. What a note to end on. Your mama just told us all kinds of wisdom. Hi, baby. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, and a nice smile. Well, we'll yeah. get this up on YouTube so everyone can see your beautiful baby <laughs> who's coming to you for some nourishment, right? She is. She's like, give me the milk, girl. Give me the milk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hi. Oh, Tessa, thank this you so reason, much. You know? and, yeah. and it's okay. I think I felt a lot of guilt for a long time. Like we said that I wasn't doing it for me. Why couldn't I have done that for me? Why, oh. why wasn't I enough? It's okay. It's okay. Everybody has a different journey. And this taught me so much. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm get emotional every minute. Yeah. So much. She doesn't even know. She has no idea. You know, I, I, I can see that love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so sweet. All right. Well, we'll let you continue with this little love bug. Thank you. And thanks so much for for spending time. Yeah. It's such a gift. I love you too. So that wraps up another episode of Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus, of which you are one. And thank you so much for being here. I think our stories are powerful. They connect us and They make us stronger, right? Collectively, we can move forward and heal and find our way, find our North Star, and then maybe shine the light on the path for somebody else. Another way you can support this is to send me a rating, a comment. Those things help. If you know someone that might enjoy the podcast, please share. And you can also find Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus on Instagram and Facebook, And also, I have a personal um, 
Instagram, Mindful Living VT, which is more around my coaching and um, guiding and inspiring and some of the other offerings that I have. Additionally, uh, my website is marystreeter.co, C-O. You can find some other things over there. So thanks again for being here. Have the best day. Find something to celebrate. And don't forget the power of the plants.